0: This summer, we're bringing you double Koi Gig.
1: You know what happened? It was that we stopped talking and then people
0: went down and that, that this was the I problem. I needed the motivation of <laughs> you slagging me every week to get good results <laughs> and just imploded without that. Subscribe to the OTV Koi Gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. The news round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, for an
2: effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar. This Is News Talk. You're very welcome along. Joe Malloy with you this evening. Great to have you with us. 53106, the text number. We're out of the ball on Twitter. Busy show. Keith Wood is going to join us. For Wednesday night rugby that will be after 8 o'clock this hour there have been numerous concerns raised over various aspects of HIA protocol in rugby over the last number of days I think it's fair to say Dr Barry O'Driscoll has been raising concerns for years at that stage at this stage uh, resigned from world rugby a decade ago over this issue Broadly speaking, so Dr. Barry O'Driscoll is going to join us half past seven or so this hour to talk us through what he has made of the last few days in New Zealand. Mick McCarthy in studio, hello. Hey, Joe. And uh, Richie McCormick with us as well. Richie, hello. Ooh, you're muted. Weave your fader down. Some combination of the two.
0: Can't hear you, Richie. There we go. How are you?
2: I'll go down. Unmute. I know, it's a crazy thing. <laughs> Now we've got you now. We think. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> cool. Oh, there's a hell yeah, of a delay then. So. Sorry, sorry. There's an unbelievable delay. Oh, my God. This is going to be interesting. Okay. We'll try and patch up that line. Maybe the guys outside might do a redial or something because this could be interesting. Otherwise, making other words uh, or in other news will keep people abreast of the situation. Boris Johnson has suffered more resignations in uh, one day than any Prime Minister in history. <laughs>
0: <A> hell <laughs> of a state. So, yeah. Like, there's what? what's the old expression about, uh, you know, uh, d- decades when nothing happens and weeks when decades happen? Like, today in the news outside of the world of sport I, I just I felt jealous of the, the non-sport world for a very very rare that that happens but like in Ireland we had a, a minister Joe McHugh voting against the government and becoming uh, uh, it means the government have lost their majority in the Dáil their voting majority we had, in America we had the former uh, the former White House counsel to Donald Trump agreeing and being subpoenaed and agreeing to testify against him and then in, in the UK you have Boris Johnson hanging on on by his fingernails as, I think, it's a 38, it's up to now, resignations. Uh, Him being told on camera, he he was at a a committee meeting in Parliament and was told on camera that there's a load of ministers waiting outside for you. They're about to tell you to resign. Mm. What do you think of that, Boris? How's your day going? Mm. (laughs) It's just absolutely insane. Every time you turn on your computer, it's just something new as well. Like it's nonstop. Great stats out of this as well.
2: The previous record for ministerial resignations, <laughs> eleven in 1932. Boris is at 14
0: today. So, uh, so, I think I think it's it, I think it's 38 in terms of overall resignations. This must be cabinet or, or yeah
2: ministerial
0: ministerial it's, yeah, it's, yeah yeah yeah. Uh,
2: 14 of your ministers go in one day. <laughs> that is good going. How many does he have? Don't know. I thought I, I didn't realize he had so many. 17 since <laughs> six o'clock yesterday is when all this started, of course, and then 40. MPs, junior ministers, etc. But 17 since yesterday, 14 today. Like in context, Gordon Brown in three years had 13 ministers quit. Cameron had the same, 13. Yeah. So Boris was knocked out of the park in
0: 24 hours. Unbelievable, unbelievable. What I did enjoy one part of today actually was uh, the Chancellor, Rishi Sinek, resigned last night, but he was replaced by a guy whose name escapes me, but that guy is part of the heave. Oh, yeah. Having been promoted by Barris. <laughs> 24 hours ago. When you're newly. He's now trying to get rid of him.
2: Promoted Chancellor. Hasn't even moved in yet. Isn't a fan. (laughs) No. It's not good. So we will keep
0: you up to date if the inevitable, as it seems to be. It's feeling more and more so that, like, less so in the kind of. Sometimes there's a kind of a quaint old news uh, feeling of, like, you know, oh, we expect him to resign because no Prime Minister in history has survived Mm -hmm. this kind of thing. And with, with the reporting around Trump and Johnson, it's like as if people haven't come around to the fact that this is new we don't need to worry about what the old rules were but it's feeling more and more like even internally that this actually can't be survived at this stage and it could happen tonight during our show mm. The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to
2: your day Testing, Testing 1-2 Richie McCormick how are we looking now? Oh no Unbelievable No, Unbelievable delay Here's what's going to happen. I am just going to throw to you now and uh, radio listeners, bear with us a moment. Uh, Richie will then start with the news round. Richie, take it away. Yep,
1: yeah. Ireland will have to play for minor placings at the Women's Hockey World Cup. They were beaten 3-0 by Germany in their A game this evening and i A third defeat in a row means Ireland finished bottom of the pool and Rosie Upton knows how costly yesterday's defeat to Chile has proved. You know I suppose in reflection we, we left a lot of opportunities behind us yesterday against Chile and we knew today was going to be um, an even tougher battle with Germany off the back of two rest days and and us uh, playing again within 24 hours um, but you know we have to bounce back, our tournament isn't over and um, yeah look we're just bitterly disappointed where we are now but just grateful to all the Irish support to everybody that's over here.
2: Yeah big disappointment, Wimbledon as well Richie? Yeah, Rafa Nadal is currently serving to
1: stay in the tournament. He's battled through an abdominal issue all the way through his quarterfinal with the 11 seed Taylor Fritz this evening. It's currently 5-4 to the American in the fifth and deciding set 15 all in that game at the moment. The 10th game of the deciding set. This will go to a championship tiebreak if they're not separated after six games apiece. The winner though will play uh, Nick Kyrgios in the final uh, or in the semifinals, pardon me, at the weekend. Kyrgios today a straight sets winner over the unseeded Chilean Chris Christian Gareen. Meanwhile, Simona Halep will play Elena Rabakina in the women's semifinals. 2019 champion Halep beat Amanda Anasimova in straight sets today while first-time semi-finalist Rabakina came from a set-down to beat Isla Tamjanovic in three. It's eight years since Halep first reached the semis at Wimbledon and she believes she's better prepared for the occasion this time around.
0: It's different because uh, in between were many years since my first semi semi-final I am different as a person. I really believe that. Um, I am a stronger um, like with my emotions, I can control emotions much better. I have experience, but it's always special when you step uh, in, you, when you step on the court in the semifinal of a grand slam. So I will see tomorrow and I will tell you <laughs> what, I, what I'm gonna feel. But it's gonna be nice for sure. So I was just thinking that today was it was a great illustration of what I've always uh, thought of as Wimbledon ever since I kind of like was past school age, I suppose, and I've been in work, which is you try and watch a bit of it if you can. But generally, and especially since you know working for the seven o'clock you know show between the hours of five, your head is down a little bit, and being in the office as the TV is on and people are starting to gradually gather around it, you know it's a good game, but you're again you have to forget in between. You go down, you're typing, you're looking at your computer, you're checking Boris Johnson updates, let's be honest. And next thing it's that amazing like scream of the Wimbledon crowd that's in the background and, the, you know, that that unbelievable commentary that's all of a sudden say, oh my goodness, what a shot! And you're thinking, what is this drama I'm missing? And there's kind of like, there's almost there's almost nothing like Wimbledon for that, you know, and it's like, and now we're in here missing a, <laughs> the concluding set. Uh,
2: sold out stadiums uh, are going to be a feature of Euro 2022 and that very much applies to opening night, Richie
1: yeah Old Trafford sold out for tonight's opening match of the Women's Euro 2020 Leah Williamson captains the host England as they take on Austria in Group A and kickoff is coming up in just under an hour's time 8pm is when
2: things get underway in Manchester now Raheem Sterling so this is happening we think
1: Yeah, it looks like it is. Raheem Sterling has reportedly agreed personal terms with Chelsea. The England winger has a year left on his Manchester City contract and is likely to command a fee of around €52 million, much like Gabriel Jesus when he went to Arsenal. Chelsea hope to wrap up the deal in time for
2: Sterling to play on their pre-season tour of the United States. So it's a similar price to what Man City paid for Sterling. They've had all these years of service from him and now they're selling him and recouping a lot of that money. It's good business for their part there was always the nagging sense. Uh, To be fair, he had some extraordinary seasons. Yeah, he really did, There there was a nagging sense that Pep wasn't fully sold on Sterling, and I guess there's a reason he lets him go.
0: Yeah. It did feel last year that we were reaching the end of the road. I think he'd been amazing up until then, and he'd been one of the true catalysts to that team, but it did feel like they were moving on without him last season. It's kind of remarkable like to, to... career that Sterling is going to have has anyone done this like can you see him in, in two or three years going to Man United or to Spurs or something like that or Arsenal and it's like just play with all of the top teams one after the other you know to go from Liverpool to Man City and now to Chelsea Yeah, it, especially for an English player is unbelievable
2: yeah it's unusual right
0: because during the
2: Euros last year
0: he was doing interviews about
2: how he was happy again and he was playing with freedom again and was really enjoying being part of the English setup. and it was a very pointed Thing yeah. to say about it. well I've got to go back to you know the, the tough life under Pep at Manchester City without naming names or saying anything too explicit so there was there was just even that sense that was he overly enjoying life
0: under Pep so uh-huh. Chelsea if you think there's a lack of form possibly over the last year or so and it might have been something to do with what you are talking about there that could be an unbelievable signing for Chelsea like there's still a lot of football left in Sterling yeah. you know pre- presuming that he's kind of taking a temporary dip rather than you know, it kind of like coming to a premature decline, yeah.
2: So, Matty Kenny. Yeah, he stepped down
1: as Dublin senior hurling manager, ending a four-year spell in charge. The Galway native took over from Pat Gilroy in late 2018. Under Kenny this year, the Dubs lost Sickle Kenny and Galway in the Leinster Championship, missing out on the All-Ireland series. They also finished third in Division 1B of the
0: Alliance Hurling League with two defeats to their name there. What are we to say of Matty Kenny's time? Highly regarded coach. Disappointing, I think you have to be honest. You know, I, I like Dublin had their moments and they you know, they obviously beat Galway, uh not Galway the championship during COVID and that was great. Uh too often didn't follow up on it. And I thought they were very poor this year. You know, they had that win against Wexford, but come to Kilkenny game, come Galway game, they just didn't uh leave a mark on them. And it feels to me like Dublin have lost a moment in a way, you know, as in like there's a lot of, there's a couple of good players there, don't get me wrong, but there isn't maybe the, you know, the the pick that was there during the daily era. And I, I wouldn't be interested as to know why, you know, and I, 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 I don't understand how Dublin, with the amount of clubs, with the amount of emphasis on hurling in so many of those clubs, can have such a weak pick. But that's what it looked like if you were watching, especially the Kilkenny game, they were so disappointing. Yeah. Is that all down to Matty Kenny? You would have to say absolutely not. You right. know, this is a coach who won the All Ireland with Kula. He obviously has done, he obviously is a very good manager. I think there's other issues at play there, but at the same time. I think this is one of the least surprising announcements mm. that we'll hear in the GA world this year. Is it, it felt like time was up, and it felt like it was time to go somewhere else? Because certainly during the
2: halcyon days of the Daily Era, yeah. uh, there was a sense that, "Wow, this is just the beginning." Yes. Wait, and you see with this population and the club scene, and then latterly Kula. Wait, and you see what Dublin Hurling's going to be in another ten years. We're getting up to ten-year point now, and it's gone into. A decline and looks fairly stagnant yeah. so uh, it, it is curious to
0: know what's happened there You have someone like Owen O'Donnell you know now in fairness who's to say he's not going to be available to the Hurlers next year but when he joined the Dublin Footballers plays in the All-Ireland quarterfinal after the season he has and he is the linchpin he is the he's Dublin's you know, world class if you want to a better, for want of a better word player at the moment and he's gone to play football now not a good sign mm. you know it doesn't feel like there's, we're in that era where we're thinking mm, you know, could Conal Keeney possibly move over to the Hurlers could we have one or two more after him it feels like we're going completely the opposite that way course, and yeah. you just you just hope that Dublin don't slip back to where they were you know 10, 15 yeah. or, you know, 15, 20 years ago when they were like struggling to even compete in the Leinster Championship
2: and hurling leads everybody can get you oh, know, for, for all yeah.
0: that we bemoan the wrongs of football
2: yeah. like the most glaring issue in the GAA is that there are X number of counties who play hurling to a certain level
0: without a doubt, without a doubt. it drives me absolutely mad I don't understand it but 2013 All-Ireland semi-final Dublin and Cork I think you know 60 odd thousand more than we had at the games this week last weekend and an almost you know a, a heaving hill 16 of blue and navy and you're thinking this is what it should be mm. this is what it's supposed to be and this should take off from here and instead it went the other way mm. Richie Lots of people out there take
2: massive notice of who the referee is going to be for an All Ireland final. So, hurling fans, little. do you? I, just, ah, little uh, little bit, yeah, yeah. I can't tell you who's ref in any game. Like I, <laughs> the last referee I can actually name with certainty is Pat McEnany in 1996. Other than that, you know, I just don't know. So, uh, who's, up, who's up for uh, abuse for the next uh, 20 years? Column
1: Lyons is the name you have to remember for the All-Ireland final meeting of Limerick and Kilkenny on Sunday week it'll be the Nemo, Ranger of, Nemo Rangers officials first senior All-Ireland final he's previously taken charge of both Munster and Leinster finals
2: where are you in that spectrum Richie I mean are you one of those that like, oh, he gave a pen against Man United four years ago biased
1: yeah, it seems to be like we talk about the pool of referee or sorry, the pool of counties that are good at hurling um, at a certain level. It seems to be there's a pool of referees that only ever get all Ireland finals and get all Ireland semi-finals. Like, how many times can David Coldrick in football be given, you know, the whistle on on big matches? Like we were going through a couple of weeks ago, myself and Mick. There was it to 2014, yeah, semi-final with Mayo and, and Kerry, and Coldrick was involved then, and Coldrick was involved again recently. Like, it's just,
0: uh, and I, I think David, but Goff ultimately, replay, like, that it, it's. A, <laughs>
1: yeah and yeah. I don't think I don't think you, you go through and, and and in the same way that there's that parochial thing on Twitter of oh god Anthony Taylor lives X amount of miles from Liverpool how dare he take charge of Liverpool? I don't think people generally care no. it's just I think a point of recognition for the official that they actually get to be the man in the middle uh, for, the, for an All-Ireland decider which is it's big for them it's usually big for their club and big for their county as well
0: which sport do you think it is biggest bearing on? Rugby. Yeah, for sure. For me, and that's what I was going to come in on, is that it's for me anyway, it's not the you know, he's given the X amount of penalties against Liverpool and, and so on. It's about the, the, in a very rugby way, yeah. for Hurling especially with so much interpretation, it's about the flow of the game. And it's about what kind of game are we getting because we have this referee. Yeah. So you have uh, Fergal Horgan did the semi-final between Kilkenny and Clare. You kind of knew what that meant in a way. What you know what I mean? It just means that he's not going to be pulling you up on silly things, he's not going to be worried about you know, if he doesn't know, for example whether it's a throw or a hand pass, he's just going to play on, you know, and, and if he does, if it's, if it's likely to be a shoulder but he's not 100% sure, he's going to play it like a shoulder, it's letting it flow but in a reasonable way, like I mean Fergal Horgan still gives a lot of freeze and give an awful lot of, adva- of 10 yard uh, move up for complaint as well So who would be the hurling poster boy ref for pedantic? That's a good question I don't know, maybe I'm not on that level, actually. you probably want to get, like... Uh, 53106, I'll read here. out the text indiscriminately. But, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, name uh, you, yeah. That, That's actually what I was going to... That's the reason. There is a couple of names jump to mind, but I just can't be 100% sure of them. But what is interesting here is that, <laughs> and uh, look, it's interesting that it's Colin Lyon's first final, and I don't think it's undeserved. And look, he's a, he's a decent ref. He might be a little bit more on that pedantic side. John Keenan from Wicklow which in itself is, is is a good thing, had the Munster final. Widely praised as somebody who, you know, uh, lent room for such a classic game that everybody seemed to enjoy and think was brilliant. Then the Sunday game happened. Then the suspensions that never were happened. The uh, revised referees report. John Keenan was, by all accounts, given a stern rebuke by the referees committee for letting the game flow, again, in the way that people seemed to want it to happen and hasn't got a game since. Mm. So when he was on the semi-finals thing, it was like, will he get the final? And I remember saying, I don't think he will. Don't think we'll see him again this year. You know, so uh, that's an interesting reason, uh, an interesting angle of Colin lines getting this game. Right, OK. I mean, certainly, what Keith Wood is on
2: later, like much of the talk about the... New Zealand game on Saturday is that the referee Carl Dickinson had a certain interpretation of the breakdown, which had a massive bearing in the game. And yeah. there are certain sports, definitely hurling, where there's lots of contact and lots of room for putting up fouls and rugby, where there's a breakdown every two seconds and yeah. there's a lot of interpretation of the breakdown. I mean, you watch rugby with former professionals, and they're like, "What was that for?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely, you know, so yeah. much going on. And rugby is such a huge part of it because its referees just do interpret yeah. things differently and see the rules differently. Totally. Yeah.
2: Whereas I think a uh, game of football, GA and soccer. Uh, but soccer in particular, I don't think the referee generally is a huge bearing on the flow of a game. Within reason, obviously it can have some. But what if they're a Liverpool supporter though in Manchester United <laughs> yeah. are playing? Eddie Brennan for Dublin, says John Hopeful in Dublin. Well, that is an interesting point. We had Eddie Brennan with us That's in a Derry a couple of weeks ago. He's a great call, yeah, for sure. And uh, Eddie Brennan has been linked with the Cork job in light of Kieran Kingston stepping aside. And Di Regan was on our Sunday evening Twitter spaces GA he was saying, Eddie would be a strong candidate and myself and Mortras and Jalik were in Derry and invariably the the Shefflin Cody thing came up yeah. and we said what about you? He seemed to like you when you were at leash and Eddie said yeah well that picture was taken after they pumped us by 10 points <laughs> so we said would you take the <laughs> co- points
0: is not bad to be honest <laughs> yeah
2: but would you take the cork job and he was really ah. Oh. You know, seeing the reality of Henry managing a rival now—not just because of the Cody factor—but seeing the reality of Cody of, of Shefflin having to do it, I, he's like, I'm not sure. I don't. I really, God, I really, and I got the sense he was leaning towards. It, I don't think so. I don't think I could do it. But Dublin, mm. where are Dublin?
0: Dublin, Dublin aren't quite I'll tell Cork. you where Dublin are. They're in the Leinster Championship, where Cork aren't. And I think for Cody, you've got Galway go are their main rivals, and then depending on what's happening, yeah. Wexford or Dublin but are not coming the same at them next. Hatred of a. Dublin it's not about hatred though it's about coming to take my place and having someone to come and knock us off our perch beat us uh, kick us out of Leinster I I honestly I I would say that it wouldn't go down well does that mean Eddie shouldn't take it absolutely not it's a perfect job for him he's involved with Kula You know, or has been the cooler link. You know, and why not? Like I mean, he'd be great. Like Davy Fitz, basically. Everybody's claims anyway, whether it's true or not. Put his hand up for the job on the Sunday game after Dublin were knocked out and talked about all the work that's done there and all the horrors they have. And you know, in some ways, some people saw it as a pitch for the job. Yeah. Um, There's, there's going to be all the same names bandied around whenever jobs like this come up, but the Dublin one see this is what I want to know I want to know is it an attractive prospect and I, I just feel like we actually I would li- like to hear more mm. about what's going on what the attitude is what the players are like coming through they're always involved in the latter stages of underage Leinster competitions they're not there's hurlers there somewhere yeah. it's just how they can be developed into senior intercounty All-Ireland contenders surely it's possible in the county the size of Dublin Sterling so overrated as a texter total hype job
2: (laughs) Sterling so overrated as a texter total hype job tap in merchant (sighs) misses an obscene amount of sitters if you want to move to break down pass it to Sterling anonymous I still have reservations about Sterling I would have to say as well I think the best aspect of his game is his movement off the ball he makes these extraordinarily good runs and he can beat a man in tight spaces and that's not to be underestimated Do I have full confidence I'm putting the house on this guy Ruud van Nistelrooy style to finish a chance? Absolutely not. And he is a weak striker of the football. I mean, when, when Sterling cuts in on to his right foot from 25 yards out, he doesn't have a good strike of a football. Now, that's not to say in a Man City team he hasn't been able to score a gazillion goals because his movement is so good. And he hasn't proved as a finisher under Pep, there is no question. But I do understand the know with that point. You said stop, Richie, you didn't like it. But he's
0: not a striker, like, is he? Like, I mean, it's like, you know, he he puts himself in that position to create or score the goals yeah. by everything he does. Sometimes you don't have to be the greatest finisher he's in the world. He's, he's, he's still a, scored an awful lot of goals. He's like. a modern day left of a three, so... I know he's, I know he's a striker-ish. forward, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was leaving a gap for Richie but the yeah, delay is I was too high. hard the delay is too hard <laughs>
1: I'm, too, I'm too distracted by Nadal anyway to be honest with oh, you what's happening? He's, uh, he's nearly there He's, they're into a championship tiebreak in that fifth set, so finished six games apiece. Uh, so it's going to be the first to ten with two to spare to get over the line here. Nadal currently leading 5 1 against Fritz, who dropped a couple of points on his serve in this tiebreak. They've just had the changeover events. Uh, Nadal serving, and as I say, 5 1 up in this tiebreak, looking to meet Nick Kyrgios It's now 5 2 in the semi final. So it's all going to be decided over the next five, 10 minutes or so.
0: Okay. Championship tiebreaker, or sham. Okay. Should be infinite.
2: 27 games to 20 Isner who isn't it yeah the old Mahu Isner yeah where are we going next Rich
1: Uh, to this morning Dermot O'Sullivan is back Pat Ryan to succeed as Cork senior hurling manager The Rock was a selector under Kieran Kingston who stepped down on Sunday after a three year second spell in charge O'Sullivan rounded on the critics of Kingston's tenure with a tweet on Sunday night and explained his reasoning for that on this morning's OTB AM
3: it's very simple right social media has now become society right and a lot of things are, are, are driven through are driven through social media etc etc but through that you need to find balance right good luck um, with that you know and, and that's impossible but if you look at it there's a number of guys in the game look at Paul Murphy right he's one of the most balanced guys I've ever seen to talk about the game to be fair Eddie Brennan similar James O'Connor right they're very very balanced guys Um, and are fair but judgmental at the same time Um, you know I think that's and I think that's what anyone is looking for but I suppose Kieran has worked under some of the most scrutinized scrutinized conditions any inter-county manager has faced Um, you know I do believe that Cork is still the most attractive, Cork manager's job is still the most attractive in the country. The some people are probably looking at their computer screens and already, what is this guy on about? That's my opinion, right? Um, as we know what to say about opinions, but that, that's another story. Um, I do I do believe it's the most uh, prestigious job on hurling. Um, but again, it's the most scrutinised. And, you know, whatever about national media, etc. some of the, I suppose some of the harshest scrutiny has come from people within Cork, um, people that, who've then? worn the red jersey, people who've stood in the line, doing certain roles uh, as part of Cork set up, etc. So, you know, it, it it it's tough to take in that circumstance. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough that to, it's tough when you're on your own turn and you uh, and you're having started it, to, to, to throw to draw slighter marks.
0: Who's he talking about? I don't know. I have an idea of one or two people right. who I've heard make comments that I think could be taken out of context as well. That's what I, That's why I don't want to name anyone, and I'm sure people will see out there if they want to look it up themselves. But I've heard people say things in a more nuanced way that when clipped could sound like unfair criticism of Kieran Kingston and maybe passionate, passion gets away from people. I don't know if... I think if you look at the overall view... Of how Cork season was analysed this year, mm. I don't know how unfair it's been. You obviously don't want to get personal things, and obviously, like you know, we had Andy McEntee in here, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, and some of the stuff was has been ridiculous and does be from uh, you know anonymous Twitter trolls. But like for ex county players and all, I do feel like they're entitled to give yeah, their yeah. opinion and to to say what they think is wrong. And 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 like you, Cork have been underachieving for a long time. They've won noter in two thousand five. Yeah you know and you can't really say it's I, the most attractive prestigious job in hurling and
2: then stand over not winning all Ireland
0: and then sa- yeah exactly December like I mean and, and it's 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 Kieran's second go and he did have great moments and he, he did a good job I would say but it's time to move on and whether there was too much criticism or not I don't know really but it just feels to me as if like sometimes any criticism can be taken as too much criticism
2: well it never stood out to me as geez Cork are getting uh, rough going in the media but we're all more attuned yeah. to the criticism we get. So it'd be interesting, you know, say Dearman went in and was part of the Kilkenny setup. I I'm sure he'd feel, "Geez, we're getting so much stick from yeah. you There's always that aspect to criticism yeah. as well. Yeah,
0: look and I mean like we did we did a piece in the middle of the season after they lost their first two games. It was with Sarah Donovan and McFoley and yeah. you know, it was it was hard enough hitting, but I, I again it was on the players and it was on the management team and it was a talk about the change in management team and all, but I don't know if it ever got into the stage where it was anything other than analysing how he was doing as a hurling manager. Yeah, You know, and I just, again, and maybe I'm wrong about that. and I, I absolutely am open to be, yeah. but I just do question whether we sometimes get rightly sensitive about anything too personal yeah. and if that feeds into not realising that sometimes you can just be critical of someone in a sporting sense, you know?
2: we are pretty much out of time Mick thank you thanks Joe Richie McCormack back to Nadal thanks very much nice one one point away Joe